also want to welcome you here to our four o'clock service. We're so glad that uh, you are here to share Christmas with us. If we have not met, my name is David, and uh, it is a joy for us to, to have you here in, in worship. These are services that, that we look forward to sharing each and every year. Uh, we have 10 of them this year. I, I, would, I would tell you I would do 10 more because these are so fun. We appreciate the joy that you bring into this uh, place with your families and the pictures that you take in front of the Christmas tree or the sleigh that we have out there. Yes, we have a sleigh out there, if you didn't know. Uh, thanks for being a part of this uh, on behalf of uh, all of our pastors, uh, all of our staff, uh, volunteers, the kids who have shared with you. Uh, we're blessed by your presence. And again, as you heard uh, Andrea say, this is the fourth service that these kids have done. They've, they've been here all weekend. Uh, so uh, I think it's worthy of uh, another uh, thank you to them for all the work that they've done to prepare for, for these services. Uh, over these last few weeks, we've been talking about how much we, we love this season of the year, and uh, this, this service is one of the reasons why, but uh, we've also talked about just how much fun we have uh, during this, this, uh, this season of the year, and, and that may sound strange to some, because contrary to popular belief, we really do have fun in church. I, I don't know if you know that, and uh, not only do we have fun in church, this, this is the part that may be really just extraordinary for you to think about, but even the pastors like to have fun. I mean, I mean seriously, we like to have have fun. If, if you find that hard to believe, it's because maybe your understanding of pastoral job description, bullet point number one, would be suck the fun out of the room, like everywhere you go, just, just suck the fun. But, but we really do enjoy, uh, we, we enjoy what we do, we enjoy uh, being together, uh, and I want to give you some visual evidence of that. So last week we got together, uh, we were getting ready for uh, Christmas Eve services, making sure everybody knew what they were doing, and we, we started talking about Christmas cards and all the Christmas cards we'd gotten, and, and, and different departments in our church had done Christmas cards. So we have our children's ministry staff, and they they all have matching shirts and it looks so cute and they take a picture and student ministry staff, they appear to like each other as well and so they take a picture, you know, and, and, and do a card and we, we thought, well, we don't have one. Pastors don't have a card. So we took a picture for you that I want to share with you and again, thank you for being here because you saved us 46 cents uh, for, for that Christmas card because we, uh, uh, we, we didn't get it done in time. Now, you've probably taken a picture like this before where you get together and maybe you've done it with kids uh, and so you got to make sure that everybody's eyes are open and everybody's smiling at the same time. But once you've got the shot, you know, maybe somebody has said, well, now how about a fun one, right? Now, because we're pastors, of course, we said, no, sorry, we have to go back to reading the Bible now, you know. No, I'm just kidding. We, uh, we decided to take a fun one for you. So here's the fun Christmas card picture uh, that we wanted to share with you. So um, I will say if you would like to recreate this, I would recommend uh, that in your group you have a former NFL offensive lineman. That really helps. There was, a, there was a moment where the scales of justice began to tip in the wrong direction. Do you know what I mean? Uh, but Caesar was there and I was in good hands. Because if you see Pastor Jim there, I don't think he's helping at all. I mean, he looks like he's about to explode, but, uh, but he didn't help at all. We, it, just another expression of how much we love Christmas. There's so much to love about the season of Christmas. We love the, the sounds of Christmas. We love the songs that we get to sing, the sacred hymns that, uh, that we sing each year in church. But we also think about all the, the music that dominates our radio stations in these, in these special weeks. We think about the gathering of family and friends sharing gifts with one another. We think about that 
special Christmas treat, that, that thing that you only eat this one time of the year that I won't say much more about because you're about to eat it in just a little while, right? That thing you look forward to, there's, there's so much we love about Christmas. We love our kids. Uh, we love our kids sharing the Christmas story, dressed up as Mary and Joseph and shepherds and wise men and angels and, and all the, the livestock that were there at that, that first, uh, that first uh, Christmas scene. Uh, last service, we had a kid come in uh, and, and one of our children's staff said, what would you like to be? And he said, I would like to be a shark. <laughs> and to our children's staff credit, they immediately like started looking around like, okay, how can we make a shark costume real quick, you know, for this kid who wants to, who wants to be a shark? We kind of have a loose interpretation of that. I, I appreciate that you drop your kid off at one door and then you go to another door and they come out an angel. Wouldn't parenting be great if you could just drop them off at one door and they come out another one, they're an angel. There's, there's so much we love. But what I want to suggest to you is that there's a really more compelling and awe-inspiring reason that we love Christmas. It's about more than, than just a story that delights the imagination of our children. It is a consequential moment in human history when our world forever changed. If you want to read the Christmas story tonight, you're going to want to turn to the Gospel of Matthew or the Gospel of Luke. That's where you find uh, the account of, of that Bethlehem scene. But if you want to hear about the meaning and the significance, what changed because of Christmas, you might look at how John describes that part of the story. He doesn't talk about shepherds and wise men and what happened in, in that Bethlehem scene. Instead, he talks about how the world changed because of what happens when Jesus is born. If you go to the very beginning of John's gospel, here's what he says. He says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. So John begins by going back to the very beginning of the story, the first pages of the scriptures where we read about a dark and formless world that God fills with life. And God brings things into existence by the very word that God speaks. God speaks and there is light. God speaks and the earth springs forth vegetation. God breathes on a, a lump of dirt and that lump of dirt formed by the hands of God becomes a living being. It's the word of God that animates all of life and by referring to Jesus as the word, John's connecting what's about to happen in this story, in this person who is coming into the world with this power that started everything. Verse four says this, in him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So the life, the life that brought all things into being, this life is like light, the very first thing that God creates, and it's a light that shines in the darkness. The darkness cannot overcome this light, because that's how it works if you haven't figured this out. Darkness does not have the power to stop the light. When light comes, darkness has no choice but to, but to fade away, to, to run away. You don't turn off the dark, you turn on the light. And when the light comes, darkness has no choice but to flee. And even when darkness is at its greatest strength, when it's so dark that you can't even see the, your hand held in front of your face, you know that the darker that it gets, 
the easier it is for us to see even the smallest flicker of light. And so John says, here's what's changed. The light of God has come to broken people living in a broken world. And that's why in just a few moments, the way in which we will conclude this service is the way we've done for all of the services uh, this year, and we, we, we do it every single year in the exact same way. Uh, we'll share here at four o'clock a moment of somewhat darkness, <laughs> and, and that darkness will be interrupted by an angel who will come, who will bring a light, a light that will light the Christ candle, this candle here, which represents the, the, the life that comes to us in Christ, that, that light will be spread throughout this, this space, and as the light is shared, darkness, darkness will fade away because that's how it works. When light comes, darkness can't do anything about it. It has no choice. It has no choice but to run away. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. And while that's good news, that's worthy of celebration, there's, there's one more thing I want you to think about as we prepare for this moment. I want you to think about that while darkness does not have a choice when light comes, we do. We get to choose what we will do when light comes into our life. We get, to, we get to choose whether we will embrace this light or whether we will choose to turn away. Uh, we, we, can, we can look at its glory or we can close our eyes. We can, we can hold them shut, refusing to let the light in. We, we can live in the fullness of light or we can come near but no closer than the shadow of the light. We can, we can stay there. You can remain in the shadow of guilt and the shadow of shame. You, you, can, you can make yourself a home in, in the shadow of uh, your own life's disappointments, your, your own worries and your own fears. You can, you can stay in, in the shadow of the regrets you have in your life, mistakes you've made along the way, hopes that have been unfulfilled, dreams that have somehow not been realized in your life. Christmas always begs of us this question, what will you do when light comes? What will you do when the light, the light comes? When the light that God brings into the world each Christmas, when we think about this light, will this light find a home in you? Will you be one who embraces the fullness of this light, recognizing that it not only changed the world forever, but that it also has the potential to change your life forever? You see, we want you to be blessed. We want you to enjoy yourself. We want you to have a great picture. Maybe you can use it for your Christmas card next year. We want this to be a moment that's meaningful for you. We want it to be a moment that is a springboard to everything you're going to do in the, the rest of this day and in the coming days. But more than anything, in these next few moments, this is our prayer. This is why we do everything that we do. This is why we're so excited about Christmas Eve and you being here. We want you to experience God. We want you to hear the heart of your heavenly Father. We want you to, uh, to experience the light that comes and the light that might invite you this Christmas to say, I'm sorry, I made a mistake, or I forgive you. 
the light that might invite you into a whole new way of life, the light that may invite you to experience a healing that you've never felt before in your life. Because that's the real meaning and magnitude of this Christmas moment. It's more than just a cute story. It's a consequential moment in human history when the world changes forever. Light has come and now darkness is forever on the run. But as the light comes, in you this Christmas, will this light find a home? I pray that it will. I pray that it will. And that as we share this moment of Christmas, that you will experience God and you will receive today His mercy and His grace. Let's pray. Loving and gracious God, we give you thanks for Christmas and everything that Christmas is for us. We thank you, Lord, for gatherings and gifts and special treats and time with family and friends and all the things that we treasure so much. We thank you, Lord, for the delight that we see in the, in the eyes and the faces of our children. But we thank you most especially, Lord, for what this really means for each and every one of us and for our entire world. We thank you, Lord, that out of your great love you have come to be Emmanuel, God, with us. And so, Lord, would you speak into our hearts and remind us that even in that moment where life feels like we are at our darkest point, remind us that your light has come and in us it seeks to make its home. All these things we ask in the name of Jesus. Amen.